this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Today's Pentecost Sunday, and you can't go through Pentecost Sunday without reading Acts 2. So I want to read it, but I believe that there's uh, some different things we can take out of it this morning. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, as you know, he was on the earth after the resurrection for 40 days and he appeared to people but there was a set time 10 days after his ascension 40 days and Pentecost is 50 and so for 10 days it says they were all with one accord and in one place I want you to receive that this morning because we're here in one place and I, my prayer is this morning that we would be in one accord this morning And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Woo, thank you, Lord. I began to think about this scripture in the 50 days that he appeared to people and he changed lives. And as I read through this this week, some things were brought to my attention. You see, no one is responsible for your level of faith except for you. You can't pawn that off on somebody else. You can't take your daddy's faith or your mommy's faith or your kid's faith. It's only you are in control of the level of faith you have for what the Lord has said over your life. Faith is not something that you create. It's something you steward. You see, you're not creating faith. You're stewarding what the Lord has revealed. And when we exercise faith, we're actually making ourselves available for what He wants to do. You see, because when we create something, it ends in failure. But when he breathes on something, it comes alive. It comes alive. And I begin to think about the faith of these men and women who were walking with Jesus for three and a half years. And Jesus said to them, 
Go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. I was thinking what great faith they had to go and wait. They didn't know it would be 10 days. They didn't know it would be 10 minutes or 10 hours. But what they knew was the king of glory, the one that had proven himself to them over and over and over. Over and over and over. The supernatural one. The supernatural one. The one who's here in the room right now. Told them, go and wait. For I'm going to send you. And in that moment, their faith began to grow for what God was about to do for them. Now he appeared to the disciples in John 20. In John 20, verse 19. Then the same day in the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Think about what that statement says. The door was shut. They were in fear of what the Jews were going to do to them. I'm here to tell you this morning that it doesn't matter what is happening outside of the room. Because the one that wants you to be intimate with him, that calls us away from all the stuff of this world, that calls us to a, an abiding place with him, he's not affected by what's going on in the world. You know what he's affected by? Your level of faith. So they're all assembled there, the disciples, because they're in fear of what's about to happen to them outside the walls of that room. And Jesus came and stood in the midst. Jesus came and stood in the midst. He's been crucified, he's risen from the dead, and they're worried. And he walks through a wall now, did he go backwards? I don't know. Did he walk forward? I don't know. But I guarantee when he walks through a wall, you pay attention. And so there's lots of people that talk about walking through walls and doing all the stuff that Jesus did. I'm totally cool with that, but I just want to know that the Savior cares so much about me that he'd walk through a wall to me. And even if I'm worried or freaked out about what he's doing because I've never seen that before, I'm at peace because it's him. And he says this to them as he stood in their midst, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. You see, I'm not sure if when he walked through the wall, they actually knew it was him. It was until he revealed the price that he paid for them that he un they understood. And he's waiting for a people. He's waiting for a people to understand what he's really done for you and me.
Because I think that we, we get so caught up in doing the religious stuff that we forget that all that religious stuff was put in by man so that man could get some kind of health and, and build themselves up to receive what God has done for them when all he wants us to do is wait on him and receive him for who he is. And I believe that he's waiting on a people. He's waiting on a people to just receive him. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, now I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them, receive ye the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. They're they're in a room in fear of what the Jews are going to do. Jesus comes and he gives them instruction. He says, peace be unto you, peace be unto you. And he gives them some instructions and an encounter happens. But somebody was missing in the room. We don't know exactly what he was doing, but Thomas wasn't there. Verse 24, now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails and put my fingerprint my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side I will not believe and after eight days his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them Jesus came the doors being shut he had this new habit of walking through walls and stood in the midst and he said peace to you I don't think he just said it to Thomas I think he said it to all of them peace to you because the second time he walks through the wall still a little weird he says peace to you then he said to Thomas and I want you to think this morning maybe you're one of the people that's in the room waiting on him to walk through the wall you're waiting on him to show up again you're waiting, you're waiting, you're anticipating what God is going to do in this next season. Or maybe you're the one that's been out doing the other stuff and you missed him. My encouragement to you this morning is, even though he had many other people that he had to appear to, eight days later he came back because one person missed his visitation. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've missed the visitation of the Lord. He's coming for you. He's coming to meet you wherever you're at. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. He also appeared to some disciples along the way to Emmaus. And he walked with them and talked with them about the things of the day. 
and they didn't know who he was. And yet, he was walking with them to reveal himself to them. And they go to the house, and they sit down, and they begin to eat. And in the eating, he's revealed to them. You see, I believe that if you're the one, or if you're the many, he wants to appear to you even this morning in this moment. And he wants to reveal to you all the pain that he took from you. He wants to reveal all the things that he saved you from and saved you to. But they sat down to eat with him and in the moment of eating with him, their eyes were opened. My ask this morning is, have you been walking with him? without even knowing it? Have you taken time to sit and eat with him? Consume him? He is the word made flesh and dwelling among us. So in Acts 2, it says that they were in one place, in one accord, being obedient to what Jesus had told them. And we sing this song. Uh, we had the privilege of going to Connection for Foursquare this week in Orlando, and the song was saying over and over, make room. I believe that we can sing the song and never prepare room for him. I believe we can get into some great times of worship and never prepare a place for him to come and visit us. And so the disciples, on the word of the creator of the universe, went and made room. Now, I, I asked the Lord to make it very practical this morning. And he showed me the room. And I begin to hear some conversations and I'm not sure if this is completely the Lord or if it's flesh, I don't know. We'll find out in heaven. But I believe that some people in the room were not just okay to sit there and wait on the Lord. I think some of them wanted to go and do the great commission that he called them to do right before that. He said, go into all the world. Go do the work that I've called you to do. Go, go. But then wait in Jerusalem for I'm gonna send you power and I just imagine that there's this angst in this room of people that wanted to go and be about my father's business and other people that wanted to wait on him to get the power to go do his business and there was this exchange I believe they're human right there had to be something like this going on in the room and I believe Peter was probably the one who said, we can't go do the work that he's called us to do without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. We can't do it without the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. And so no matter how much we would go out and try to cast out demons and 
We were able to pick up snakes and drink any deadly thing. It didn't matter. No matter how much we wanted to go do that in the flesh, it was going to fail. And my question is, how much of all the stuff that we do is because we want to do it? And how much of the stuff that we do is because he commanded us to do it? And how much of the stuff that we do is because he birthed it? Because when the Lord gives birth to your ministry, you don't have to worry about anything. He's on it. When we birth ministry, we sit in a room in fear. Now, he does come visit us, and I know that he knows the intention of our heart, but so much better to be doing what he's anointed and birthed than to be doing something that we're asking for him to bless. So what were they doing in the room? Maybe having a discussion about what was important, having a discussion about how it was going to work. But I, I believe that inside this moment, they, inside this room, they had a moment in which their focus shifted directly to the word that he spoke. Luke 24, 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. There came a shift in the room. There came a shift in the room when I believe some of the people that just wanted to go do ministry and some of the people that knew that they needed the power and some of the people that just were so exhausted with everything that has happened. We're just here to be obedient. We're just here to be obedient. We've got nothing else to give. We're just here to be obedient. We're in fear. There came a shift in the room that brought them into one accord. One accord. And I believe that their one accord, their, their oneness together came through an honoring of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and the expecting that every word that he has spoken in their whole time with him, every moment from their calling until that moment, that every word that he spoke was going to be true. Have we forgotten that, church? Have we valued other words above what he's spoken to us? but what I do know is when we get in one accord with him and with each other it invites a visitation of his presence so there were 120 people praying in one spot for one thing and to me that just gives a picture of what Jesus did his whole time on the earth. What did Jesus do to the disciples? He washed their feet. What did he do when he went out to the wilderness, to the river with John the Baptist? 
he became low to become high. And the sacrifice of the 120 in that room, you realize that he appeared to 500 or more people. There were only 120 in the room. You see, you have a choice whether you're in the room or out of the room. We all have a choice. Can you imagine the person who saw Jesus, who had an encounter with him, all the things that he did when he was on the earth can't be contained in books. So there's lots of stories that we don't know that happened in that 40 day window. But can you imagine being one of those people that he appeared to and you don't go to the room? You don't make room to receive him and the power that he brings, what you miss? So the disciples were hiding for their lives, but they were in one accord to receive and to be endued with power from on high. You see, I believe that during that time, they maybe were scattered, but they became focused on one thing. They became focused on one thing that Jesus told us he would send power so that we could do greater things than what he did. Church, I believe that in the last days, the Lord is calling us back to a room to make room for him to engage with him, to be in one accord with one another, not just in this place, but a couple weeks ago, whenever I was at Lifeway on Sunday morning, he's calling us to be one. He's calling us to be one and to cry out for him. But the cool thing is, we're not living in Acts 2. We're in like chapter 240 of Acts, whatever it is. We're still living in Acts, everybody. But the cool thing is we're not before the Holy Spirit came. We don't have to wait 10 days on the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited about that. But, but I think there's one thing that we lose by not expecting the coming and the undoing with power is that oftentimes we don't value the undoing with power because we didn't pay the price to wait. You see, when you're forced to make room, they were forced to increase their faith and they were all individually, they all had to do it individually. And when their faith was increased individually, it became as a corporate, yes, we want the Lord to come. We want the power. We were in one accord, but they all had to come to the table bearing the faith that they had. And it cost them something. Every anointing costs something. Every anointing costs something. So what, what did it cost them? They had to be humble. They had to lower themselves from what God has called them to do, to go do greater things than even I did, Jesus said. They had to lay all that down to receive power to then go do that. I believe the Lord in this hour is calling the church 
to lay down the things that he's called us to do and to just be in a room and prepare our hearts to be with him. So we can receive something that will empower us to not just go and run a sprint, but to go and do the marathon of ministry. When Jesus went to John and John the Baptist said, I'm not even, no, 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 you should be baptizing me. And he saw what he saw in the womb, he saw in flesh in front of him. I believe that that was the moment that Jesus made the decision. I must go low. I must identify. I must give example to all those who will believe. And in going low, when he was brought out of the water, the Holy Spirit came. I don't believe that that's a coincidence that when we become low and we sacrifice that he sends fire. John even said about him in Matthew 3, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit fire. You see, Many people are called to do many great things. But as we've heard over the last years, it takes oil to be able to do great things. It takes an anointing to be able to do great things. And if we're willing to humble and be lowly of heart, he will lift us up, the word says. He will exalt those. So my question for you this morning is, are you making room for him? Is, is Jesus the thing we sprinkle on, the things we do, so we can say it's of the Lord? Or is Jesus the birthing of the thing we do? Is he the one that has actually birthed it that we can say that Jesus is on it and in it? I believe the Lord is calling the church back to an examination of our heart. You see, the bride is spotless. And as we mature as the bride of Christ, he's calling us, I believe, to this moment. Salvation always precedes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even if it's a split second. And I believe many people stop at the doorway of Jesus and miss the kingdom. And he's calling us to encounter him so deeply that when he walks through a wall, he can say, peace be still, but we say, that's our Jesus. But my question is, are you in a room making room? making room in your heart for him to come and rest and be with you and to show you all the things that he's done for you, the things you know and the things you don't know.
because he comes into the room whether you're in the room in fear whether you're in the room in joy whether you're completely distraught about everything going on around you he still comes in the room when you're focused on him so the church the call to the church today is this the power is available are you making room so somebody may say why I don't I'm trying to do the best I can I read the word I do the stuff and I don't know what you're talking about making room and I just want to point this out it's not about striving that you have to make room it's about becoming low becoming low produces an opportunity for the Lord to visit you so what do we do first first of all we surrender to him that's the first step we say I'm done doing life the way I want to do life he sent his son for freedom so surrendering to him is step one step two if you've already handled that amazing step two is to go low and to follow the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to lower yourself to receive what he has for you. I remember the, the day that we were in this room as leaders, when Pastor Dennis anointed us as, it was a private meeting, but I remember that moment. I don't think I'm supposed to share that, but we have to go low to receive what the Lord has for us. That going low was demonstrated by Jesus as baptism in water. Matthew 3 talks about that. It's a circumcision of the heart. It's not just getting dunked under the water. It's an actual circumcision of our heart. Step three, sometimes this happens in the water, sometimes it happens another place, is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which it talks about in Acts 2. This work of grace that we have access to as believers. And number four goes back to Psalm 51, which I read at the very beginning. So would you close your eyes this morning? Would you just receive this? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. You realize the word says that he's not going to do that. And so when I read this, it's like, Lord, why would, why would we pray this? Why would we even say this? Because it's a declaration for our faith to remind us that he's never going to cast us away. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation 
If you're doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work of ministry and you don't have joy, go back to verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. He was so generous that eight days later he came back in to show Thomas his hands and his feet and his side. He'll do it for you. But then how do we serve him? Then I will teach transgressors your ways. This isn't just for people that are ordained or people that have credentials. This is, this is for anyone who goes to him and says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Then your job, your service to him is to teach transgressors his ways and sinners will be converted to him. This is the plan. This is the Pentecost power. It's in you. It's in each of you. Would you stand with me this morning? We were birthed out of a movement in which miracles, signs, and wonders happen every day. Every single day. You can read This Is That and Amy describes all the things. Sister Amy describes all the things that happen how miracles were bursting forth in tent revivals and meetings all over. And one of the things that I love about Sister Amy was she valued the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. So my question is, church, if you haven't surrendered your life to him, then today's your day. Like, He's here for you. And that's, we will celebrate with you. We'll walk with you. We'll help you. If you've never been baptized in water, then you need to reach out to us. Come see us right after service and we'll get you lined up to do that. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the power that was endued to them from on high and to us then today's the day to do that as well and if you've been serving him and you're exhausted and worn out and you're you don't know which end is up then he's here for you and I want you to if that's you this morning I want you to take Psalm 51 I want you to embrace it I want you to have a heart surgery this morning in these few moments so no matter where you are on that spectrum, and by the way, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, sometimes you just need a refresher. He's here to do that too. So as we worship together to close out this service, I'm asking, would you go low? Would you go low this morning and allow him to meet you in that humble, lowly place 
and reveal to you all that he's done. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you, Jesus, to do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. church to come away with him to come away with him make room lose all the preconceived notions about who he is and come away with him and receive power to do what you're called to do every single day. Thank you, Lord. Touch your people today, Lord. Move in their hearts move in their situations and those who are answering the call to go low to make room for you Lord I pray for supernatural anointed times alone with you and Lord as we come together as a family Lord may heaven invade our spaces may angels be present and may the power of heaven flow through your body in this hour bringing hope to the lost that many will turn to you and Lord that the church may thrive in these coming days as we become more pure and as we make room for you to move that's our heart Lord that you would have a clear path to move through our lives, not slowed down by any brokenness, 
but that we would be whole. So we worship you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Stay in an attitude of prayer. You can sit for one moment. We have a, I wanted to share. Melissa, would you come up here? The Lord is doing things. It's not just, it's not just during the service, during the, during the worship, he's moving. So you'll step back just a little bit because you're going to fall off the platform. I, I can already sense it. You're going to go down. Um, but anyway, I wanted you to share with the church what happened to you a couple weeks ago. You don't have to share everything he's doing. Testing, but. Six years I've waited to have this microphone, just so you know. <laughs> so you may be here a while. Um, as you know, I had brain surgery on May, May 3rd. Uh, this is my fourth brain surgery in nine years. My third one in the past four years. Um, and it was Mother's Day. Sunday was Mother's Day. And I had a hard time recovering this time. Normally... I'm like, easy peasy, give me frequent flyer miles for brain surgery, I can do this. But this time I kind of struggled with my recovery. And Christy will vouch for me on Saturday night. I had posted on Facebook about how exhausted I had been all week. And just walking across the room was, I'd have to sit once I got there. And um, so the recovery was just really exhausting. The physical pain, fine. The exhaustion, brain fatigue, exhausting. So I wasn't even sure if I was going to make it Sunday morning. And I had prayed and I made the decision. And I told some people, I'm going to church tomorrow if I have to crawl into there. And Christy's over here laughing at me because she already knows all this. Um, and hopefully I don't get arrested for this. But I made it to church on Sunday and I illegally parked in the handicap spot <laughs> because I knew I couldn't even walk across the parking lot to get into the building. And Wanda left early that day to go do things with her family. So Wanda and I both sat right over there because we needed to be by the door. I didn't know if I was gonna make it through service. And so I'm just exhausted and I shared, when I made the post about being exhausted, it lasted what, Christy, maybe 15 minutes I had it up there because then I was like, you jerk. You know, you survived, you, you're, you're, you're doing way better than most people who suffer what I go through. And so I just felt bad because I was whining. Um, but anyway, so I, I crawled in here <laughs> Sunday morning, basically, and I was sitting right over there where Robbie is now. And um, Wanda started, my Wanda, started laying hands on me and praying over me. And then all of a sudden, another hand touch my back there was nobody behind me um, there was one of our youth but they were like four chairs down and so I knew it wasn't them um, long story short I left here that day I went home I took about a two-hour nap it was Mother's Day so we had Mother's Day festivities and I didn't think I was gonna make it to those I was ready to make up all the excuses I could to avoid doing the Mother's Day thing. I took my two-hour nap. I woke up. I went and did all the Mother's Day stuff, came home, and mowed my yard. Mm -hmm. So the night before, I was crawling into church, 
I came to church and, and I was completely healed. The fatigue was gone. The exhaustion was gone. Everything was just gone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was, that was how that one went down. That's how it went down. Well, yeah. would, if you have dealt with that recently, exhaustion, fatigue, or whatever, I want you to stand in the room because there's an anointing on your story. And the word says that we, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, we overcome the enemy and see that? There's other people that are in the room that were just like you. So I want you to pray over them, okay? And, uh, and they're gonna receive what happened in you in them. This is how the body functions, okay? So I just want you to go before the Lord and I want you to hold them before the Lord to receive all that, they, all that the Lord has for them. No, I just want you to pray in the microphone, okay? All right, Father God, I ask you to reach out to each one of these people, whether they're standing or not standing. Um, reach out and touch them, remove the fatigue, remove the exhaustion, give them the energy that you gave to me. Um, not only just Mother's Day, but every single day, um, we all fight with different battles in our lives, Lord. And I pray that you just give them the strength and the, the, the faith um, to drag themselves to wherever they need to be to find you. And I ask, Father, that uh, you lay your hands on them. I just keep asking that you lay your hands on them. Restore them and heal them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. It's happening all the time. We don't have people come up all the time, but it's happening all around you and it's happening to you. So know that God is on the move, but be reminded that he wants to meet you in the secret place. He wants to meet you in the secret place. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.